Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And I'm Evan Dzinski, her husband. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and lead mutually empowered, purposeful lives. Today, we are starting a new series called Seven Lessons in Seven Years. When this podcast airs, we will have just celebrated our seven-year wedding anniversary. And so over the next seven weeks, you'll hear from me and Evan as we reflect on each year of marriage and share our biggest lesson or takeaway from each year. I just thought that this would be a fun way to spend the summer with you guys as you travel or go to work or lay at the pool, however you're spending this summer. For those of you just joining us, we recently wrapped up our month of celebration for the Brave Marriage podcast, Turning One. And just so you know, these summer series are a little different than our regular series, but you'll find that the first 51 episodes give you a pretty consistent picture of what the podcast will return to in the fall. And this episode is brought to you by Kinsey's free research-based relationship quiz. Have you ever wanted a professional insider's look at your relationship? Well, she's created a short quiz that lets you in on the state of your relationship based on four different components of marital health. After taking the quiz, you'll receive an immediate score, plus a description of your score will be sent straight to your inbox along with one action step, next steps to take, and one prayer for your marriage. To get in on that free resource, just visit bravemarriage.com quiz. That's bravemarriage.com quiz. So from year one, kind of the big lesson that we learned that we identified was communication. Kinsey, do you want to talk about what we learned about how to communicate? Yeah, so I think it's important to share with the listeners a little bit about how we were communicating. In the first four months, we had our first fight on our way back from our honeymoon. Like two minutes from the airport. We'd taken this beautiful honeymoon in Banff, and yeah, we'd just gotten back, and you decided that you wanted a McFlurry? Yeah, I was hungry. It was a long flight. But I freaked out in the passenger seat because there was a car turning in front of him. I don't know what happened. I just know that I freaked out. And then we fought in a McDonald's parking lot. And he was so mad that I got so upset. And he felt like I was criticizing his driving. And so we ended up leaving. We didn't even get McFlurries. And he was like, we're out of here. That was our first fight. But here's how the next few months began to unfold. When we would get upset with each other or miscommunicate, we are both withdrawers by nature. And so I would get upset about something, usually, and we'll talk about my disillusionment in the next episode, but I would generally be the one to get upset. Would you say that's true? Yeah, and I think I would get upset when you would get upset, but usually it started with you getting upset first. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would try to say things gently, right? And I was trying to be patient. But after a period of growing more and more frustrated, it didn't seem like you were giving me a whole lot to work with. And I would honestly throw a tantrum. Yeah. And can you please clarify like what you mean by I wasn't giving you a lot to work with? There just wasn't a lot of response on your end. 
Like I would talk to you and want more to come out of you, but wasn't getting anything. So then I would try different things and it would end up me speaking more forcefully or out of desperation sometimes trying to get you to understand me. But then if I still got no response, I would go sulk in the back bedroom. I remember that happening a couple of times in the first few months, all the while expecting you to come after me. Yeah, I think I was just kind of really apathetic at that point. Like, just everything will be fine and it'll work out and don't have to worry about it. And there should be no reason that I need to come talk to you about a silly little argument. The thing that still blows my mind is that I thought, like you, that this way of communicating and dealing with conflict was going to be fine. I knew I felt misunderstood and unheard sometimes, but I didn't know that there was a completely different, better and easier way to communicate and move through conflict. A much healthier and easier way. I just, at the time, thought that conflict would always take a few hours to resolve. (laughs) That it would be sweet when you finally came to comfort me. Evan is shaking his head right now. But as Evan can tell you, there's nothing sweet about an adult tantrum. Or relying on your spouse to read your mind while neglecting to speak up for yourself. And on top of that, expecting your spouse to know what to do or what you need when you're the one who shut down and you're the one who's neglected to take responsibility, both for communicating what you need as well as for calming yourself down and managing your own strong emotions. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest challenges was just that I didn't understand why you weren't just telling me what was going on in your head. Like, it felt like you were expecting me to read your mind and that I should be able to read your mind. And I was just like, it would be much easier if you would just tell me what's going on in your head. What I noticed about my own communication was just that I would also kind of withdraw myself. And I was kind of passive through all of it. Like when things would go wrong, I would just go and like kind of wait and think, well, when she's ready, she'll come talk about it. And then when you would come talk about it, I would really have this desire to really just want to fix whatever it was that was going on. And it was just a really unhealthy dynamic. Yeah. I mean, you say that now, but that's looking back on it. At the time, we didn't know it was really unhealthy. We just thought it was normal because that's honestly how most couples around us operated. And just so you guys know, we're giving you the two most memorable fights from those first few months, but I think it's important to stop and reflect on where we might be if we would continued to communicate or do conflict in that way. Like Evan said, it was really unhealthy whether it felt like it at the time or not. I know couples continue to operate like this, thinking that their communication is fine for years. But what happens is unhealthy communication leads to unhealthy conflicts and dynamics, which over time break down trust and emotional and relational intimacy. And so for some couples, they experience that as detrimental. And for other couples, they simply don't know what they're missing. So as you can hear, both of us fully agree that our biggest takeaway from year one was learning how to communicate. And praise the Lord that he led us to marry Ortwine because that workshop really changed the trajectory of our marriage. Because as we've alluded to before, the next few years were definitely not the easiest. And so I think it really prepared us to stay communicative and connected through those times, don't you think? 
Yeah, I would completely agree. Just once we learned that there was a different way to communicate and we learned how to do it to solve problems or just to talk about our feelings, our frustrations, to be assertive with one another, it changed everything. I think both of us are so passionate about learning how to communicate because it not only changes the way we speak and receive messages between us, but learning how to do this four months in completely changed the patterns and dynamics of our relationship. So I want to talk about that workshop. I got in touch with Mary Ortwine, who owned a nonprofit marriage and family agency where I was hoping to do my internship that following summer. And so I met with her and she was telling me about her counseling practice. And she said, you know, I'm hosting a workshop on your campus and I think it would be helpful for you and your husband to come because that will really give you a better picture of what it's like to work for me. And so, of course, hoping to be there the following summer, I was like, sure, absolutely. But I still had to come home and try and convince my husband, who'd been married to me for three months, to do a communication workshop. Yeah, and I wasn't about it. I mean, you're married for three months and three months in, they're like, hey, you want to go to a communication workshop and work on our marriage? And you're like, is this what our marriage is going to be like? We have problems that come up and then she's going to like sign us up for workshops that we need to go to. But yeah, so I was skeptical at first and didn't know if it was a good idea and didn't know if we would get anything out of it. But it turns out I was very wrong. Yeah, so I think I presented it very like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry, babe. This is just something that I have to do for my internship. It would be great because Mary said that you need a partner to practice these skills with you. So I would go by myself, but it's going to be easier for me to learn with you there. Do you remember that conversation on our walk? Yeah, I mean, I think I totally ended up being like, okay, I just need to go to this with my wife because this is important for her career and for her potential internship and didn't really expect anything else to come out of it. What you're saying, Evan, is what I hear all the time with couples where there is this stereotype of my husband doesn't want to go or he's in my office saying, yeah, I was not about this at all in the beginning. But then I came and it was great and it was actually really beneficial. And so when I hear you or other guys say, yeah, no offense, but I'm like, yeah, none taken because I know, like I know it's going to be good. I mean, at the time when I was doing the workshop with you for the first time, I also didn't know the enormous benefits that it would have. But now that we know what we know, when people express their fear or hesitancy, I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. We've been there too. My husband himself has been there too. But it makes me even more excited for the takeaways that come out of a workshop like we attended or Courageous Conversations, for example. I want to share one or two takeaways that each of us had coming out of that workshop. So Evan, I'm wondering if anything comes to mind for you. Yeah, so the main thing that comes to mind for me from the workshop is just that listening is a skill and it's very important, especially I feel like, and this is a little stereotypical with gender types, but as a man, it it can be very challenging to listen sometimes and to not just want to fix problems when they arise. And what I realized from doing this workshop is that sometimes not everything needs to be fixed. Like sometimes a problem just needs to be understood. That was a really big takeaway for me in particular. 
And I just remember how much that you opened up when I just started listening to understand you versus listening to try to solve your problem or to fix a problem or to fix you, that it just significantly changed the way that we related to one another. But it also just opened you up and I got to know you a lot more, I think maybe because it kind of took your guard down a little bit and made you feel more accepted. As you're talking about that, I'm wondering, just to get inside your head a little bit, what were you afraid would happen if you didn't try and fix or solve my problems? That's a great question. And the funny thing is, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know why I had such a strong desire to solve the problems. I guess I just thought if I could solve your problems, then you would be happy again or that you wouldn't be upset any longer. But... As we know, that's not typically the case, but for some reason, I still had this strong desire to want to do that. Yeah, I think it began to feel like I had a safe space to process and also where I could trust you. Like I remember saying to you, you know, I'm going to be okay, right? I just need to talk through this. Like I don't need anything else. I just need to process it and then I'll be fine and move on. That seems so simple now, but at the time, the way that we were getting into arguments and the way that you were getting frustrated and separating yourself, it just seemed like every little thing was a huge deal. I think understanding that it was going to be okay and that just listening and understanding would go a long way was very significant. I think the biggest takeaway for me from that workshop is that I really learned how to have empathy for you even when I disagreed or saw things differently. I really struggled our first year of marriage to move beyond my own feeling justified in my position to learning to see things from your perspective without having to take that personally, right? Understanding you didn't take anything away from me even though I think I feared that it would. But as I learned to better empathize with you and be okay with the fact that I saw things and felt things differently, all that ended up happening was that I grew more compassionate towards you and more curious about your perspective. And like you said, I feel like it opened you up to be able to share safely in a way where I was able to accept and love you for who you were rather than conclude that the way you're thinking is wrong or that's not right, or me become fearful over how you are feeling or thinking. I think also that leads me into kind of the second big takeaway for me, which was this idea of differentiation. Basically, that the way that you're feeling, that I don't have to feel those same feelings, or the way that I'm feeling, you don't have to feel those same feelings. We can both feel the way that we feel or think what we think, and that's okay. Those things don't have to completely align with each other. I think a lot of couples think that, oh, my partner and I, we have to always be on the same page about everything. We have to have the same thoughts about something. We have to have the same opinions. We have to feel the same way about a given event or topic. And that's just not the case. And I think this communication workshop really brought that to the surface for me in particular. I didn't have to be threatened or worried about the way that you were thinking or feeling about something. And you didn't have to be threatened or worried about the way that I was thinking or feeling about something. That we could just communicate that to each other and understand each other and then move forward together. Another major difference was that we were actually moving towards something 
that instead of when we were communicating, just continuing to perpetuate the disagreement or the argument that we were actually coming to a place where we could get to a solution or come to an agreement together. That made the biggest difference. And what would happen is either the issue would resolve itself or we would know where each other was so that we could make good informed decisions together moving forward or solve something that needed to be solved. But all of our cards were on the table. Neither of us was holding anything back. And so that allowed us to move through a lot over the next year. It just allowed us to have really productive conversations that I know for a fact would have gone terribly had we not learned these skills. To wrap up this episode, we hope you can see how passionate both of us are about learning to communicate healthily early on because we know the difference it can make in marriage, as evidenced by the first four months compared to the last six and a half years. And it's not like we never fight or come up against life circumstances, but when we do, there's a security there because we trust each other's heart and ability to say what needs to be said and to hear what needs to be heard and ultimately to change and grow when needed. So we've talked a lot about how transformative Mary's workshop was in our lives and With the Courageous Conversations workshop I now offer, I've incorporated a lot of the same principles and a lot of these takeaways that we picked up on and created my own communication workshop, which is called Courageous Conversations. You may have heard me talk about that before. To be completely transparent, that hasn't happened since last fall because the building that we rented from went up for sale. And it was perfect for this workshop. And so I've spent a lot of time looking for another venue to accommodate couples. But I have just decided that I am going to host this workshop in an even smaller format than before right out of my office. So beginning this fall, I will be offering this workshop in a very small group setting, taking on three couples at a time. So if you are interested in that, you can check out bravemarriage.com slash courageous dash conversations. It would even be fun to get your small group together, your life group, or a group of two other couple friends and all sign up together. And I'll have that link in the show notes. Also, I had so much fun hearing from you guys during the month of June. Since I'm no longer on social media and most people don't have time for long-form email, I have created a text machine, a phone number dedicated completely to you as a podcast listener to text in feedback, questions, or comments so that I can stay connected to the pulse of this community without sending out a formal survey every time I want to hear from you. So... Your action step for today is to text the text machine just to say hi, leave a question or comment. And you can do that at 502-221-3845. That's 502-221-3845. I look forward to hearing from you all there. And Evan and I will be back next week with the lesson we learned in year two. See you then. Just as fragile as it is